श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाए श्री श्री राधा गोविंद की जाए गौ नितंद की जाए गौ भक्त वृंद की जाए गौ प्रेमानंदे मॉर्निंग सो वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन फॉर द फेस्टिवल कमेमोरेटिंग द अपीयरेंसेस ऑफ कृष्णा एंड बालराम फ्रॉम बाली पूर्णिम टू कृष्णा जन्माष्टमी एंड आफ्टर थॉट of Prabhupada's divine appearance in the world. Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Avirbhav Mahotsava ki jai. That's on Monday. And thus far we've been speaking about Balram, starting with Baldev Purnim, and we've discussed about uh, Balram in general and then about killing of the demons in the brudge that were uh, was performed by Balaram as well as his f- final contribution in that regard that established Sutta Goswami as the future speaker of the Bhagavatam and how dear the Bhagavatam is to us we discussed to some extent by by um moving naturally it gracefully from krishna leela of balaram's killing romaharshan to gor leela and krishna das kaviraj's goswami's witnessing the second killing of rama romaharshan <coughs> by niketan ramdas and baladev's nitinanda ram commissioning krishna das kaviraj to wrote to write the the distilled essence of the Srimad Bhagavatam in the form of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. So, <clears throat> with that, we start some discussion of Krishna, Krishna Leela, Krishna's appearance in the world. And I want to speak about that in such a way, to begin with, as to honor the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as well, because the two... Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are the exact same person. Hmm. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not an avatar of Krishna, he is Krishna himself. And as we discussed a little bit last night, in a particular uh, mood. Hmm. And so we go to the Bhagavad Gita here, in Bhagavad Gita in the fourth chapter, the avatar tattva is covered in the beginning of the chapter the avatar tattva means the, the the nature the truth about the the uh, descent of a tara crossing from down down as we heard avaduta ava means lower down so this morning speaking about nitinanda prabhu earlier this morning so fr- from up then down of crossing crossing down from up tara means tarati to cross hmm? the word tirtha comes from the same root it's a crossing it's somehow a, where an opening comes hmm? in the world for going to the other side the sacred river hmm? the place of pilgrimage it's called a tirtha it means it's a it's a Bermuda Triangle, 
It's the Goloka Triangle. You know, this, you, you go there and you can cross over to the other side, to the unseen side, and never come back. Hmm? So, <clears throat> avatar, avatar tattva. So the truth about that, the nature of that descent of divinity in the world, is discussed in Bhagavad Gita, fourth chapter. This is where bhakti is formally um, uh, introduced as well. Hmm? And... Um, so we go to two of the most perhaps famous verses in this section for today. Krishna says, Yada yada hi dharmasya glani bhavati bharata abhyutanama dharmasya taratmanam sijami aham paritranaya sadunam vinashaya chaduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami yuge yuge. So first he says that wherever there, you know, when does he come? And where does he come? So there's whenever and wherever there is dharma siglani, or wherever the dharma is adversely affected to the point that I think it's necessary, then to one extent or another the implication is, I make my appearance there. Hmm? Now this is Krishna speaking, of course, and um, he's multifaceted as we know. He has many avatars. We know he's the source of all the avatars, and we'll have to discuss the, that theological point at some length on another day, maybe tomorrow. <clears throat> Important point. <clears throat> Just believe me, for today, Krishna is the source of all the avatars. There are many different avatars and different types of avatars and so forth. And so he says that wherever there is a decline in the Dharma, then the implication is here is one extent or another, I make myself present there. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda Thakur, great uh, visionary in whose paribar, in whose family we all uh, are included. Prabhupada uh, spoke of his movement at times, referred to it as, this is the movement of Bhaktivinoda. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda Sarsati Thakur told his disciples to, when asked what paribar you are connected with, which which family of devotees, if you will, or lineage, uh, that's directly stemming from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda, Dvaita, Garadhar Paribar, and so forth, he taught them to reply, Bhaktivinoda Paribar, he's the seventh Goswami. Hmm? So, <coughs> this is our greater uh, family, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, uh, said that Thakur Bhaktivinod said about himself that I am just a sweeper in front of the Sankirtan party of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his associates in Navadweep. That's my position. I'm to, it may look like I'm doing something, bringing Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission to the world and India and beyond, as he envisioned. I'm just a sweeper. And Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur said, and I am one straw in the broom of Bhakti Vinod. So, what to speak then is our position, but somehow to be connected with that broom. A particle of dust on an end of a piece of straw <laughs> in Bhakti Vinod Thakur's broom. That would be good <laughs> for us. Bhakti Vinod Puribar Ki Jai. So, see his generosity here. Generosity and his uh, and the reality. Hmm? Reality is 
that the Godhead is very generous. So, <clears throat> what does he say in regard to this verse? He says, whenever and wherever, it means not only in India. Hmm? We know that Krishna appeared in India, and different avatars and so forth have been mentioned, but he said, in other places also, where the, the Vedic uh, Dharma is not performed and not understood, to, to an, a, some extent, uh, Bhagavan uh, uh, makes his crossing down, crossing over, avatar. Hmm? Yeah, to speak about Dharma relative to where the, the, the people in different cultures and so on and so forth, it's an obvious, if you will, reference to the Muhammad, to, 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 to Jesus and so forth. Bhagavan Thakur was again starting the, really the first um, significant interface of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with the rest of the world and other religious conceptions outside of India and so forth. Of course, Islam had come into India, but Christianity had, was, was newly, well, relatively newly coming into India at that time and uh, influencing and so forth. So he was in touch with uh, such currents studied them to some extent and so forth and and as a saragrahi vaishnav in, in essence seeking vaishnav he could identify oh, hmm, our god is worshipped over there like that he's partially manifest here he's teaching like that given their nature their culture their habits and so forth essentially about himself and and so on he tried to tie these essential religious threads together and then show how they could be uh, cultivated and 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 uh, nurtured and taken to the heights that uh, that he identified Gaudiya Vaishnavism was centered on he was doing his research uh, in a in a seeking kind of a um, space sorting through the different ideas out there and so forth and to underscore a point that we've made the other day, he had some some he had a some aversion towards Krishna Leela in the Bhagavatam. Krishna's Brajlila and his consorting with the gopis and so on and so forth because Christians had, had come and they, into India and they had done missionary work and so forth and when they looked at Vaishnavism they felt oh this is closest to the to the to the one true religion which they thought was Christianity a love of God type of religion rather than a monistic but when they come to Krishna Leela and the Bhagavatam they said oh it's all gone to hell here hmm? and just see this is they're promoting immorality here this is how he, they, they thought of it. They were confused. They didn't understand it properly. And they had made a push on that and some thoughtful, pious, um, um, progressive Indians got influenced by that. And even there was a, a movement to say that Krishna in the Bhagavatam, that's an interpolation. That's not the real... Krishna in the Gita, there speaking about um, celibacy and uh, and um, 
morality and uh, the dignified uh, truths of uh, self-control and, uh, and and so forth. Uh, this this kind of a kind of a Christianized Krishna, as they saw, they thought we can accept that. But so Bhakti was in that that current. It was really the intelligentsia of the time in 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 India and especially in, in what was called the Bhadralok in uh, in Bengal real kind of think tank of he was one of the leading contemporary thinkers hmm? you had people like Rabindranath Tagore and uh, um, who are some others anyway others so um, and several per- persons who had started their own religious traditions, they, they wanted the patronage of Bhakti Vinod. He was an exceptional person. But somehow he came upon the Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's understanding of the Krishna Leela, and then he had a conversion in him. He is the first Western convert, I like to say. He was very Western in his thinking, and he got converted to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. <laughs> so, uh, by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it underscores a point I made earlier that, that Krishna will be properly understood through Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, we're going to talk about Krishna. We should say something about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu also. They are intertwined and they're one and the same person. Hmm? So, <clears throat> this was his generous outlook and realistic outlook that. Divinity is manifesting to different degrees in different places and different cultures at different times. The Bhagavatam takes it a little further and says, even in the animal species and Asankhya, the avatars are unlimited, like waves in the ocean, uncountable. Hmm? Um, so this avatar idea is, is discussed here and... Uh, and so he comes different places and different times and establishes Dharma to different extents. He referred to um, the appearance of, of, of the Godhead in other cultures as a Shaktyavesha type of appearance where a living entity, a jiva, would be empowered, Avesh, by the Godhead and speak about principles of Dharma. And again, going to the essence of that, he said, we have find something true here in common with with the Bhagwat and the Gita and so forth, the, uh, making those obvious kind of connections. Mm-hmm. And so he comes anywhere and everywhere. And and, uh, and then when does he come? Hmm? That's the next verse, right? He says, Paritranaya sadhunam vinashaya traduskritam dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami duge duge. I come yuga after yuga, 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 millennium after millennium. Now that millennium translation of yuga could mean any, you know, what's a millennium? I don't know. What is a millennium? Is it a thousand years in, in a Western culture? There are, I think there are different ways, obviously, of calculating the time and different cultures at different times and what a millennium might be. So we could make a broad interpretation of that. In India, we have these yuga cycles in a, in a Vedic culture, long periods of time. They are um, reoccurring or cyclical um, moral qualities of time. Time is often thought of as a quantitative measurement, but it's a, here we're talking about a qualitative measurement, the quality of a time. Hmm? 
the moral quality of a time comes around again in 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 cycles. This is the idea of the uh, the yugas and time in the Vedic culture. It's cyclical. This cyclical time was an older way of thinking about time that indigenous people arrived at by looking at the the seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall, and the apparent cyclical movement of the sun and the moon and so forth. And so they would think in, 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 a, in a cyclical kind of way. It's a beautiful way, actually, to think about the movement of time because the circle, as I believe Aristotle said, it's, it brings kind of a, like a sense of completion. Hmm? It starts here, it goes around, and it completes. Yes, it starts again, and that kind of spins your head. You know, it just keeps going around, but still it has some sense of com- completeness to it. Whereas linear time is like this, a line. It's like, well, where is it going? And, it's, and it never stops, and it, it tends not to be as um, comforting, as, as it, it, no sense of completion. Of course, they talk about linear time sometimes in... Christianity, it, is a, it begins here and then it's going to stop at a certain point. That's not very concerning either. It just, just kind of keeps going around and coming again and, and history repeats itself, this kind of idea. So that cyclical idea was somewhat replaced in, uh, with Christianity's idea that really uh, Christ came and a certain special time on earth had started and was going to last for a certain amount of time and the earth was going to be finished. That was their idea. And then science went with uh, was born a Christian, of course, modern science, as I like to say. Later it became an agnostic. Now it's an atheist. Eventually, if it is to survive, it will become a mystic. So it started out with uh, with this linear idea of time, and they were able to accomplish a lot with this conception of time. But as time has gone on. That uh, that uh, thinking is uh, is changing in some quarters, in prominent quarters, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we look, for example, at cosmology, which we should, cosmology means the origin of the world. So every culture has some idea about the origin of the world. It's it's very much about ourselves. Where do we come from? Mm-hmm. Cosmology should not be seen as some abstract thing we don't need to think about or, or whatnot. Everybody wonders where we come from. Hmm? What is our origins? Where does the world come from? Or they should. This hmm? um, again, the bigger, bigger, the why question of it all, the reason behind it. And of course, in, in uh, modern cosmology, the, uh, the prominent idea is that the world came from a big explosion, the Big Bang. And there's a lot of observable evidence to support this. Hmm? So big brains, physicists, and mathematicians have have gone with this. But a pressing question has been that what caused the Big Bang? Hmm? People will ask, well, if we say God caused the Big Bang, they'll say, who caused God? Now, the way you... The way to think about that, of course, is that we we know from science, at any well, much as we can know about anything from science, we know that the world, the universe, has a beginning. 
Hmm? Um, so, if it has a beginning, then it has to have a cause. Hmm? It has to have a starting point. Um, but there, nobody ever said God had a cause, had a beginning. So, we don't have to come up with who, who, where did God come from. Hmm? No one's ever said God had a beginning, and that's not, no theology says that. We don't posit that, and so if you posit that the world had a beginning, then you can ask logically, well, what was its source? But you can't ask what's God's source if the idea of God is that he's the source of everything, has no source. But, of course, people aren't happy just to say, okay, God, great, God caused the Big Bang. So that's not a very scientifically uh, credible answer at this time. Hmm? But... um, it is it is a quandary, and interestingly enough, a very prominent um, scientist, I think his name may be Paul Steinhardt, very prominent fellow, he came up with uh, one uh, variation of this idea of of, of a cyclical uh, universe and multiverse, where the universes expand and contract, right? And he says in his his theory. They expand and they contract and they expand with a big bang and then they contract hmm? and that the, ex- the re-expansion, the next big bang, hmm, is informed by the previous expansion. Hmm? It's infor- In other words, it, it's somewhat c- colored by, influenced by, and there's a, some kind of a continuity. Hmm? And that this... Big Bang is therefore preceded by another Big Bang, which is preceded by another Big Bang, which is infinitely, there's, it's anadi karma, in other words, to use a, a Vedantic term. Hmm? Anadi karma means the karma hmm, is dictating the quality, the moral fabric of the universe, hmm? the quality of the time. And when it, the universe comes to its contraction, that moral uh, quality of the time, that karmic influence, informs the expansion. This is this idea, of course, in, in Hinduism, that the world contracts into the Vishnu and all the karma is suspended, but because it's not uh, finished, you still got it, it comes back out again, right? Hmm? with the breathing of Vishnu, it starts over again. And then the world shapes around that karma. The next universe is informed by the karmic footprint of the previous universe. And, of course, in the Vedic cosmology, this universe is expanding and contracting with no beginning. It's compared to the breathing of Vishnu. So karma is without a beginning. It can come to an end, but it's without a beginning. Anadi karma. Hmm? So... It's comforting, I suppose, to some extent, to see that in the poetic language, uh, which was used to describe the subjective reality, consciousness, hmm, that in the context of explaining the objective reality of the world of matter, which they did kind of superficially, hmm, with the emphasis really on the subjective element, consciousness, this was the Indian seers, Rishis and so forth, when they did describe the objective world, 
with the same poetic language that they used and felt was appropriate to describe the subjective realm of consciousness, the way it came out poetically thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago has some correspondence with the mathematical language that's being used to really get into the objective world. And we're not concerned about the subjective world in modern science, uh, but the, uh, with observation and measurement and so forth, there's an interesting, substantial kind of uh, uh, correspondence. In fact, there's a fellow, Brian Green, his, his, his brother is a, is a disciple of Prabhupada, named Yogeshwar, some of you have met him. Um, he's a famous uh, physicist and author. His recent book about the multiverse conception was reviewed on The Harmonist, our publication, online publication. Um, and the, well, not by a third party, and we hosted the, 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 the review. He began the review with a quote from the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, describing the Vishvarupa, God as the whole universe and so forth. And then he went on to explain the book and says, looks like, you know, things have come full circle. Hmm? In other words, we moved away from all this so-called superstitious outlook and went mathematically and so forth. And when we come back and we end up here, it's, as, it's just like, like something like what's being described in the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? There's a universe over here and there's one right here next to my head and, you know, and, and, and um, anyway, he, he did a better job of it. <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, give the gist of it. He, he said, basically, goodness, here we are. There's a correspondence between what we thought was superstitious and we rejected with what we're now finding is empirically verified that's striking and worth considering. And, of course, we find this more and far more uh, the case in relation to Hinduism and Vedanta than we do any other religious tradition. There's no comparison. Hmm? This and other, I mean, the idea of some form of evolution is there in Hinduism. Uh, the, the, the time periods, the length of time of the world and so forth. Carl Sagan used to say that. There's no, nothing like Hinduism when, if you, amongst religions, if we want to get any ancient tradition or spiritual tradition to compare with modern scientific bodies. Now, that's not means that they say the exact same thing, but at any rate, maybe they do. <laughs> um, so, cosmology, yugas, we should think of the yugas something, something like this, like time, a quality of time is Kali Yuga, a certain moral quality of time. And it's not, Kali Yuga is not the most auspicious one. So anyway, there are four Yugas and Krishna says, Sambhavami Yuge Yuge. I come Yuga after Yuga. He says, also, I come to Paritanaya Sadhunam Vinashayatra Duskritam. He says, first, I come to protect my devotees. And as a byproduct of that, those that are non-devotees, well, that's which is getting in their way, hmm, then I, I deal with that also. Hmm? So the primary purpose, Krishna says, of his coming hmm, is to give protection to his devotees. Now, this is Krishna himself speaking. This is Swayam Bhagwan. Hmm? Uh, this is the Krishna who came at the the once in the day of the one time in the day of Brahma in the tw- so-called twenty-eighth millennium, with the overlapping of the Dwarpa and the Treta 
yugas and and so forth. Uh, it is said Krishna comes once in the day of Brahma because he did. Hmm? That's when he came. Hmm? Now he comes in other ways, in other forms, avatars, at different times, in different places, and yuga after yuga. And he didn't come, Krishna, to establish the yuga dharma. That's not why Krishna himself came. Hmm? He says here, he's speaking, he says, if we look at it carefully, the main reason I come personally hmm, is to give protection to my devotees. Hmm? It means I come out of love for my devotees. Which devotees? Those devotees who have reached such a pitch in their spiritual practice hmm, that they cannot bear my separation anymore. They have entered into the low tide of the ocean of love of God hmm, in the form of um, in separation. Hmm? I come as the high tide of, uh, to bring them union with me and make possible their uh, entering into my leela once and for all and never coming out. Hmm? I come to bring my leela to the world for my rag bhaktas who have some inclination for this, somehow who figured this out. Hmm? How they figured it out? Well, that's that's to be told. Hmm? They figured it out because of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because his appearance as, Ch- as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These are a sequel. Krishna followed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as we'll hear. So he says, I'm coming for them. Hmm? And what are they suffering from? They're for suffering from, what do I need? They need to be protected from the pangs of separation. Hmm? I'm drawn to them. This, their love is drawing me. Their sadhakas, who have reached bhava and prema, and now for them to perfect themselves entirely and live with me forever, I have to introduce them to my friends, hmm? my associates, my family. Hmm? I'm going to marry you. You have to meet my family now. Something like that. <laughs> you want to marry me? You have to meet my father and my mother and so forth. So my leela is... We find in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami is explaining, Krishna came hmm, to give the window to this Braj Bhakti, to the world, which he doesn't do very often. Hmm. He wanted to fully taste his leela of love, which is somewhat inhibited in Golok because it's 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 not it's human-like, but that's a that's a, a celestial kind of a environment. Hmm? Sanatana Goswami says the Kadamba trees are bigger there. Hmm? Something like that. So he wanted to come to human society, which is the place of love, you know, a fallen condition, love. You fall in love and experience the, his Leela kind of the drama of it on location. Like I like to say, if a movie's filmed on location, it's an extra feature. They filmed on location. So the eternal drama of Christian Leela performed the human-like Leela on earth, amongst humans. Hmm? It has a special quality to it, a special sweetness to it. Hmm? It is said that all the inhabitants of Golok, they are longing for that Leela. Hmm? When he will do that Leela, and we will go with him. 
And on this side, they're all looking to go to the other lila, to complete, <laughs> enter the vastu city and complete their, their, their lives. And when they get there, then to come back. So this is going in a circle as well. Hmm? So he comes for them, for these types of devotees, to collect them up, who have now taken birth as, as gopas and gopis, and he's going to share his entourage, this association with them, which will help them to perfect their staibhav hmm? in terms of the developments that we don't find in Vaikuntha, for example, for intimacy. Sneha pranai, ragunarag, bhav mahabhav. Hmm? So this is a very uh, special appearance. And it just so happens that in the context of, of doing this and sharing it with the world on a rare occasion, hmm? and he, he says, after all, this other types of devotion don't really um, don't really get to me. They don't really affect me. They don't turn me on, that reverential devotion. So this is, this is all that stuff. I've got to sit up on the throne and there's got to be some distance between me and everybody. I want to be with them, the people I love, the people who love me. I want to be with them. Hmm? And so... Uh, and these people are like that, so I want to share my group with them, let, let them enter, and so forth. So this is his idea, but in the context of that, then, he ran into some problems, because this is where he really, really saw the measure of Radha's love. This parakiyas really played out to the to the ec- extreme, this un- un- unmarried uh, love and so forth, uh, parakiyas. And um, so, so he needed another Leela. This is the theory of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We want to see, is it supported from the Bhagavad Gita? Hmm? Krishna speaking about Avatar Tattva, it's Krishna himself. Hmm? So, is there no mention of this? You know, you guys are making up this idea that Chaitanya is God and he's Krishna and... I don't know, the Bengalis got some weird ideas and somehow this gotten into the minds of the Westerners and so forth. Is there any scriptural support for this? Well, here we find one thing, right? We find, he, Krishna speaking, he says, Sambhavami, Duge, Duge. We know he's here now. He's not here for the, the purpose of Yuga Avatar. Hmm? He's here for his own purpose. Hmm? But he says, I do appear yuga after yuga. That means, oh, there are yuga avatars. Like, there are Shaktivesha avatars, there are Manvantar avatars, there are Leela avatars. So there are yuga avatars. And their function is to establish the Dharma for the yuga. For that millennia, that would be most effective. Hmm? So, yuga, yuga. And it means yuga after yuga means there must be a yuga avatar in all the four yugas. So there must be one in Kali Yuga. Hmm? We're in a Kali Yuga, we're in a particular Kali Yuga. We're in a particular Kali Yuga that follows the Dwarpa Yuga, the, at the end of which Krishna appeared personally, for his own purposes. Hmm? So, we figure he must be in this Yuga. So the Godis have said, well, his, he's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, oh, well, okay. Well, at least we know he must, there must be here somewhere in the, in the Kali Yuga. Hmm? But then we think, well, why is it not obvious? Why, why is it some kind of hidden thing? What well, this sounds like, you know, you're just kind of like trying to make something out of a text, maybe that's not there or something. After all, even it's said other, elsewhere in Mahabharata, in Vishnu Sahasranam, that Krishna is another name, God's another name is Triyuga. 
Triyuga means that he appears in three yugas. So he's not present. Some will conclude Sarvabhoma, the learned Sarvabhoma concluded, oh, he's not, he doesn't appear in Kali Yuga. Hmm? But again, Gita says Yuga, Yuga, so Yuga after Yuga. So we, we have some evidence. He must appear in Kali Yuga. We're making this point. He has to appear in Kali Yuga. Hmm? All right, well, how will you explain his Tri Yuga name then? Hmm? And we'll go to Perlad, Bhakta Perlad. Bhakta Prahlad has enunciated the Navalakshan Bhakti, Shravan, Kirtanam, Smaranam. Hmm? Hmm. Very important person in the devotional realm. And what has he said? He talked about the avatars in the seventh canto of the Bhagavatam. He said, like Sutta has said earlier on in the, in the, in the, in the third uh, chapter of the first canto, the avatars are innumerable, hmm? appearing in different species even, he said. And he said that uh, uh, his name is Triyuga because in the Kali Yuga, Kali, what is it? Chanakalo. In Kali Yuga, he appears in a hidden way. So, well, we have some things to say. Yes, we know from the Gita he appears in the, in, 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 in the Kali Yuga, and this Triyuga argument cannot be used. Hmm? And he comes in a hidden way. This is what Prahlada said. We have to take him, take him on his word. But then why a hidden? And what's the idea behind all this? If he's going to come, and he's the Yuga avatar, well, why is he going to hide himself? Well, the answer is that he, that he, that he, that he usually doesn't. He usually doesn't hide himself. He comes in Kali Yuga, the Bhagavatam says, and he doesn't hide himself. Hmm? So then what about this Tri Yuga idea of Prahlad? Hmm? In other words, if we go to Bhagavatam, there's a place where the Yuga avatars are being discussed in the 11th canto. Karabhajna Muni is speaking to Maharaj Dimi and he says, let me tell you about the Yuga avatars. Hmm? There's the Sati Yuga and he appears in this color, and so forth. And then the Treti, and this is the Dharma that he establishes, meditation. Then in Treti Yuga he comes, he comes in, and he's white in Sati Yuga, and red in the Treti Yuga, and he establishes the Dharma of Yajna, big sacrifices, and so forth. He's Sham, kind of a blackish, bluish, it's a color, not quite black. Sham in, in Dwarpa Yuga, and the, the, the method is, is worshipping in the temples, this Pancharatrik method of worship for, for, with lots of wealth and so forth. It's at the time of kings and, and so on. Hmm? And then he says, and in Kali Yuga he comes in a, in a Krishna Varnam Tisakrishnam. He comes in a blackish form. Hmm? It's blackish because it's not black, but it's black and shiny. Hmm? So Tisakrishnam. It's black, but it shines like a fulgent, not like a, just a dull matte finish black, but it shines out. And uh, he's worshipped by Sankirtan, hmm? along with his associates. Hmm? So this is, the, this is the Kali Yuga avatar. Nothing about him being hidden. Hmm? Um, he performs the Sankirtan and so forth. So, we, so what's this hidden idea then? What's this Tri Yuga referring to? Hmm? 
So if we study the text carefully, we see what? We find that um, when he introduces the Kali Yuga, he says to Maharaj Parikshit, he says, Nana Tantra Vidhanena Kalu Vapi Tata Srinu. He says, this uh, blackish, which was the next verse, Krishna Maharaj blackish uh, uh, Yuga Avatar, who's worshipped by Sankirtan and Kali Yuga, Nana Tantra Vidhanena, says, Kalo Api listen to me and I'll tell you about the Kali Yuga. He's worshipped according to the various, Tantra means, in the general sense, various, the various scriptures. Hmm? And he comes in a blackish form and Sankirtan is the Yajna, intelligent people, they, they take that up and so forth. Hmm? But the question arises, that why are we bothering, why is, why is the, the Rishi bothering to tell the Raj Pariksha to pay attention now? He's already listening. Hmm? And he's listening very attentively because as we know, Pariksha, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, I guess he's telling the king. I was going to say Pariksha Maharaj is listening very attentively, but, but uh, and he is, of course, and this is a story within a story that uh, Sukadeva is telling, but the king, Maharaj Nimi in this case, is already listening. He's paying attention. It's not like his his attention is drifting away or something like that. But he makes a special point to say, now, listen up with regard to Kali Yuga. Pay close attention here. Hmm? Why? Because Kalo Vopi, as Vishwanathakuri Thakur explained, Vopi, it can also mean that I'm going to tell you about Kali Yuga and also, if you listen closely, I'm going to tell you about a special Kali Yuga. Not an ordinary Kali Yuga, a very special Kali Yuga. Hmm? And to understand about this, you have to listen very closely, very carefully. You have to pay close attention. So listen up. Nana Tantra na. It also means he's worshipped in a secret way, in a very esoteric way. Hmm? Not like the other uh, avatars are worshipped. Not like other forms of God that are worshipped. In a very esoteric way. Hmm? And according to the Tantra, according to the Pantratrika, uh, the, the Pantratra, the, uh, the uh, literature and so forth, but in a secret, esoteric way it means. Hmm? Then we go, well, okay, then we look at it like that. What, what, is, what happens in that yuga? Then Krishnavarnam, Trisa Krishnam. It takes another meaning. Krishnavarnam, means the color of Krishna. Hmm? So he comes, Krishna Varnam, black. Krishna means black also. He comes in a black color. Krishna Varnam, Twisa Krishna. But he's a Krishna. He's not black, like I said, flat black. He's a shiny black, like a, like a jewel, like a sapphire or something like that. Effulgent. And again, with associates, he's worshipped by Sankirtan, by intelligent people. Hmm? But it has another meaning. Krishna Varnam means... He's Krishna, he's always Krishna Varnam. He's always speaking, the, the Varna means syllables. He's always speaking the, the, na- the name, the two syllables, Krishna, Krishna. Hmm? This is what he's doing. Hmm? It also means he's of the Varna, the category of Krishna. It means here that he is not Vishnu Tattva, he's Krishna Tattva. Hmm? He's the Krishna himself. Remember, who didn't come for the purpose of being a yuga avatar, but for his own purposes. Hmm? In a special 
uh, yuga, once in the day of Brahma. Hmm? It so happens when he did that, Krishna, during his name-giving ceremony in the barn shed, the cow shed of Nandamarsh, Gargamuni came and said, this Krishna, who's appearing now, who's appearing now, oh, he's appeared at different times in different forms with different colors, shukla, rakta, tata, pita. He appeared in a, in a golden form, and he's a, he comes in a white form and a red form. This is an obvious reference, red form, white form. He's black now. Or sham, he says he's black, it's blackish, he says. Uh, slightly different, but um, an obvious, po- possibly reference to the Yuga avatars hmm? that he comes in. Now, careful study of the verse tells us that he's saying that all the different avatars are appearing inside of him. Hmm? This is your son. Hmm? He's very special. This is Krishna himself. For his own purpose, he's coming. Hmm? And the mention of pita is striking because, well, go, it means yellow, golden. So who's the golden avatar? Hmm? Well, Vishnu has analyzed the verse nicely and he says that actually what's being said here is that Krishna himself appears hmm, as he is now in Ananda in, in, in Maharaj's family. And then Krishna himself also appears hmm, in a golden form. He's of the Krishna Varnam. He's of the Krishna Tattva. Hmm? Not the general idea of the Vishnu Tattva, but he's, he's Krishna, it means. And he's always speaking the names of Krishna, the syllables, Krishna. Hmm? And Twis Krishna. He's A Krishna. If he's not black, he's then what's the opposite of black? White? Fair-complected, it means. Though hmm? so this is the reference to a golden avatar, a pita, yellow complexion. Hmm? And he's worshipped by Sankirtan, like the ordinary Kali Yuga avatar, but people who are Sumedasa, then making more of the word Sumedasa, which means endowed with good intelligence, mean, to make it, they're very, very intelligent. Hmm? They understand him, that, he, that his Krishna himself he's come, Hmm? But he's covered himself, he's hiding himself with this golden form, in this golden appearance. So, well, okay, great. But why is he doing that? <laughs> why is he hiding himself? You know, and this is our, we're in this Kali Yuga, the one that just follows the, the, the Dwarpa Yuga of Krishna's appearance. Hmm? So you're telling us that in that time when Krishna makes his appearance, there's a special appearance that follows that, the sequel of Krishna again, Krishna himself again, in a disguised form. Hmm? And it's a special Kali Yuga, just the one following that, that, that particular Dwarpa Yuga. Hmm? And that the Yuga avatar there has a golden form. Well, okay, great. The golden Yuga avatar has come. But why is it such a mystery? Why is he hiding himself then? He's the Yuga avatar. Ah, oh, the reason is this. Hmm? We have to go back to Bhagavad Gita, to the very same chapter. Hmm? Avatar Tattva's section is being discussed. And what is it said there? Among other things, in this section, Krishna says, after these verses, he says, Manusha Parta Sarvasa. 
he says, and I am Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's right there in Bhagavad Gita. Dejatamam prapadyante. He says, <laughs> if as people approach me, as they surrender to me, I reciprocate accordingly. Hmm? However much devotion and love with which you approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. Try me out. Hmm? This is my challenge. As much as you want to approach me, then I, I, I can reciprocate. Hmm? This is who I am. I am Krishna, the source of everything. Hmm? I'm, the, I'm the king of love. However much you want to love me, I can love you back. Hmm? So what does this have to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Hmm? The idea is this. We find in Bhagavatam, in the 10th canto, the, the, the zenith of the 10th canto, where Krishna is consummating his relationship with Radha. Hmm? In Rasalila. Krishna has left Rasa dance with her, and then he's left her. Gopis have caught up with her. And as I said the other day, her separation, love and separation, exceeds the love and separation of all of the gopis combined. And Krishna's behind the tree looking at this, and his his mind is blown. Hmm? He says, that, the kind of love that she has, I, I, that's beyond me, and I'm the king of love. I'm having an existential crisis. I thought that I could reciprocate according to the measure of anyone's love, but the measure of this love exhausts my capacity to reciprocate he says, I cannot repay you. In the Gita, this is the implication, in the Gita I promised that I could repay anyone for the measure of their love. But the measure of your love, I cannot repay. Your love itself is, the, is, is more than what I have to pay. You, you, you've got more than I've, you have to settle for that. You've exhausted my capacity. Hmm? Uh, that's overwhelming to me and I want it I want that love hmm? so if we point, point being is if we take this Gita verse to the extreme which the gopis and Radha have done hmm? they said okay well, well, we'll do that we'll just give ourselves to you completely hmm? we won't give our devotion to anybody else we leave our sons our daughters our husbands our duties our responsibilities, the Vedic law, everything. Krishna's looking at them in the dead of the night. This is when he comes out from behind the tree and, and confesses to them, what is your position here? I'm purchased by you. Hmm? He says, my love's divided. I've got thousands of devotees. Hmm? I love you completely, but I also have to love my mother, my father. You left your mothers. You left your father. You left your children. Hmm? Everything. Just for me. I can't do that. <laughs> huh? my, my position is, is compromised. Your love is, is, is superior. Hmm? And I want to taste that love. So he, when, he, when they have taken him up on that, hmm? so if we take the point being, if we take this verse to its extreme, we say, well, who's done that? The gopis have done that. And when they do that, what do we find? Who do we find there? We find Krishna turning golden hmm? in pursuit of that love that, ex that is more than himself, that he's completely 
completely t bound and tied up by. This is the whole Gaudiya, you know, idea that there is God and there is the soul and there is love and the two are being drawn there to meet. Hmm? Yeah, the, the, the worshipable object of God. This is bhakti. Hmm? So here we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in Gita also, in Avatar Tattva section. Hmm? If we take the verse to its fullest uh, implication, the fullest ramifications, we find they have, those who have done that, Krishna turns golden. Why does he turn golden then? Hmm? Well, this is the esoteric idea, obviously, that he, he, he has to, if he wants to taste Radha's love, he has to take on uh, uh, her love has a corresponding complexion. He has to, he has to disguise himself. Hmm? He cannot be himself as the object of love, the perfect object of love. He has to try to take the position of Radha. Hmm? He has to engineer that. He stole away, as I've said before, into the dark night of Kali Yuga. But because his complexion was golden, those who were intelligent, who were intelligent, could understand him. He didn't come alone. He went into the Kali Yuga. Hmm? And his associates went with him. They saw his effulgence. They said, oh, you're Krishna. Hmm. Ramananda, Lalita, Vishaka, Sarup Damara, they said, you're, uh, right. you're Krishna. You're shining golden. Her love is shining brightly in you. Now let us tell the world about you. Hmm? And so there's a reason for his covered appearance. There's a reason that he's called Triyuga and Chanakalo hidden Kali Yuga, because he has to hide himself, he has to disguise himself to be a thief. He wants, Radha will not give him her love because she knows he'll end up falling on the ground and rolling around like a madman. Hmm? And it will turn the religious world upside down because all these yogis are meditating on Krishna and suddenly Krishna is rolling on the ground and crying and, and um, calling out, to his friend, to Baal, does Radha love me? So hmm? she knows, if he gets my love, this will turn the religious world upside down. Hmm? Krishna is the ideal of, uh, of, the, of the, the, the be all and end all, the supreme God, and his life is turned upside down. He's in an existential crisis. That, that, what my love will do to him, that was, I cannot, I cannot give that to him. We saw. So he, anyway, he's a thief. So a thief has to disguise himself. He, he disguised himself in her complexion. He couldn't be seen normally in Kali Yuga. He's black. This is what Bhagavatam says anyway. Hmm? Hmm? So he's come in a golden form, Tisa Krishna, hiding himself for a secret purpose, Nana, uh, nana for a secret purpose, and it will be understood by a secret method. Yes. He will be worshipped by Sankirtan. And in the context of that Sankirtan that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is distributing, hmm, there's a reason it's different than the ordinary Sankirtan of other Kali Yugas. The reason is because he didn't really come to, to do that, but that he just happened to occur at the... Krishna comes at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga once in the day of Brahma. Hmm? His Leela has some limitations, as we're describing. He sees the measure of Radha's love. He's got to do something about it, and now... Hmm? And the, 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 this is right at the end of the Dwarpa Yuga, so the Dwarpa Yuga is ending, so it has to come at the beginning of the Kali Yuga, which is the time for the Yuga Avatar also. Hmm? But instead of the Yuga Avatar coming, 
Krishna himself was coming in that particular Kali Yuga and hiding himself in a golden uh, color hmm? and pursuing Radha's love. But because it happens to be the time for the Yuga Avatar, Yuga Avatar can't come, so the purpose of the Yuga Avatar will also be fulfilled. Hmm? He'll do Sankirtan. Hmm? But this Sankirtan is very special, as Krishna Kavaraj has explained, because he's taken this Yuga Dharma of Nam Sankirtan and woven it together with a wreath, like a wreath, woven, woven it together with Prem, the Prem of Radha that he's pursuing. Hmm? And he's giving this to the world as kind of unconsciously, hmm? kind of unconsciously, there's a side to him, Yuga Avatar is functioning, hmm? Yuga Dharma. But the nature of that Sankirtan, which is the Yuga Dharma, is such that by doing it, you'll get prema, and it will acquaint you hmm? with the, 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 the far-reaching purpose of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, descent, hmm? the internal purpose of it. And that will give you access to uh, the uh, rag bhakti, the Vrindavan bhakti. And there's an esoteric kind of worship that goes on internally. When Kirtan reaches a point, cleansing the heart, bringing about in the pure heart meditation and so forth, and, and Baba bhakti, cultivating that hmm? with smaranam, kirtanam, and smaranam, we find Gopakumar. How did he make his perfection? To attain his ultimate goal. He did namsan kirtan and smaranam. Hmm? Together, one kirtana prabhavi, smarana swabhavi. It, the force of kirtan fosters that kind of smarnam. We find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He did kirtan, then he retired in the Gambira, hmm? and all this inner inner life was being cultivated. So he's showing us the way. This is not. You don't do that to go to Vaikuntha. Narada didn't do that. Hmm? No. And Nara didn't have to take birth in the Vaikuntha Leela somewhere on earth because it's not going on anywhere on earth. That's Krishna Leela. Nara became perfect. He got a swoop. That's it. You go to Vaikuntha like that. If you want to go to Golok, no. You have to take, you have to reach a certain pitch in devotion that correspond with Krishna descending once in the day of Brahma to reciprocate with those kind of devotees who have that special kind of love because they got touched with it long time ago by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent in that special Kali Yuga that comes also once in the day of Brahma it said this is it's, this has some people say this never happened before but Krishna says it means this has not happened for a long time. What is that? Hmm? That this special Kali Yuga avatar has come. Hmm? And he's giving Unutoju Rasam Sabakti. Yes, Krishna came to play out his, his Leela in human society and taste it fully, but he ran into some problems there, seeing the measure of Radha's love. He needed another Leela to deal with the problem. Hmm? So in that, that, so then that is that special Kali Yuga. And in that special Kali Yuga, the wonderful thing is he came in the previous Dwarpa Yuga to experience his Leela and to, in a general way to share it with people, hmm? make it available. But as Prabhupada used to say, in the Gita, at the end, he said, so, Arjun, 
Sarbadharman prityajja maamekam saranam brata. Surrender unto me. Hmm? The end of the Gita. But how do you do that, surrender? Unto Krishna personally and come to him personally. As Puja Pachitamars like to say, Sarvadharman prityajja maamekam saranam braja. Braja means go or come. Come to me. Hmm? Give up all other worship of all other gods and goddesses, all that dharma. Sarvadharman prityajja. Ma may come. Sharanam braja. Come in surrender to me. This is the meaning of the, the verb braj. But he said in his commentary, it also has another common meaning. When you hear the word braj, your mind goes to Vrindavan. Hmm? So when Krishna said, come to me, braj, his mind went to Vrindavan. He couldn't say anything else. Hmm? He was at Kurukshetra. His mind went to Vrindavan and he's finished. Hmm? So he said, come to me, but how to do that? Hmm? So in Kali Yuga, he comes again to remedy the problem of his Leela. And in the context of that, Yuga Dharma is shared and the method to come to him is also taught hmm? by his example. And that is that is plumbed, if you will, by the, the well, the, the, the ocean of that, by the Goswamis in their writings. And they give the esoteric teaching hmm? combined with the Sankirtan. Hmm? How do we enter into the Leela of, of Krishna? So those who are touched by this, in some previous day of Krishna, day of, day of Brahma, long time ago, hmm? and they've been practicing for a long, long time. Hmm? Krishna comes again for them hmm? when their practice reaches the pitch of Prem. Hmm? They can up to Prem in this life, and then they have to take another life in the Braj Leela, in the Boma Leela, on the earthly Leela. Krishna coming for them hmm? and taking them back. This is a rare thing. This is the a message of Krishna. He says, This is not happening often. It's happening to you. You're involved in this. You're in the Kali Yuga. This just happened. Either you're starting or you're somewhere in between. Well, you have to wait another, you may have to wait till. Another day of Brahma hmm? may take that long. Of course, <laughs> he's going to say, this is rare, so pay attention, do it right. And that's what Prabhupada's emphasis, do it right. Hmm? With some sense of urgency, this is a rare opportunity. You may have to wait another day of Brahma. Hmm? Even if you, if you perfect yourself, you may have to wait. But of course, then the other idea is there. It's the multiverse, so it's going on in some universe everywhere, so you could just go over to another universe. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be discouraged. But, uh, but in this universe, it's a rare <laughs> opportunity, and somehow being touched by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, this is the idea. His, his, the overflow of, his, of Krishna's reality hmm, in pursuing if the fullness of himself, this is what he's saying here, I come for the what? To protect my devotees. What are they suffering from separation? That separation draws me near. I'm interested in that separation. That separation, that's extraordinary. And it means, well, and I saw the separation, Radha's love and separation from me, and that, oh, that, I'm, not, I'm never going to be the same hmm? from that, seeing that. I have to have that. I, I have my my avatars, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. I uh, uh, I have to I have to pursue that. Hmm? 
This is what's driving me. This is what's bringing me to the world. Hmm? This is what brought Krishna to the world. Hmm? To taste Radha's love and upon seeing the measure of it, to, to, to play it out, my love with her, and to see the measure, and I have to come again. Hmm? And this will touch down on everyone, sprinkle on everyone. Hmm? And, so, and so many people are being touched by that knowingly or unknowingly, having some access to begin. This is... So this is Krishna's appearance. Namo Mahabhananaya Krishna Prima Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratri Stena Mahaprabhu. Goswami said, you are Krishna to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this is my reasoning. All that, what we said today is in that verse. Namo Mahabhananaya Krishna Prima Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratri Stena Mahaprabhu. So, you stop there. Krishna Janmastami ki jai. Gauranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. Any question? Yes. The only thing that feels strange for me is, uh, you know how people sell things on the, the newspaper or on the TV that uh, limited quantities, you have to get it now. And it sounds so good that in terms of the that infinite span of time that I'm here at this time to, to have such an opportunity. It, it, it's, do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're saying it's hard to believe? Yeah, that, I, that it's so, <laughs> so, I'm in such a special time that I have such a special opportunity that's so rare that that over uh, unlimited youth, uh, uh, Right. So think what you're saying. What you're saying is, okay, the theory is that this is very rare, it's a very special opportunity, and it's, it's happening to me, and it seems hard to believe that, you know, that could be so. Well, that's how you're supposed to react, if it actually is so. <laughs> how would you react otherwise? You would think, how is it possible? Is it? I mean, you'd have a doubt because it's so special. The doubt confirms the reality of its extraordinariness, extraordinariness, its specialness. <laughs> it's supposed you're supposed to doubt it. In other words, you're supposed. To, is this really happening? Pinch yourself. Hmm? Yeah? yeah, and then then chant the holy name. Yeah, it's it's actually happening. This is actually happening. Hmm? And the more you keep good association, the more you'll be, you'll, you'll think, yes, it's actually happening. Hmm? It's actually happening. Because sometimes then you'll, you'll, get, you'll get a glimpse. You'll see, you'll, you'll get a glimpse. Hmm? And you'll, 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 you'll know, it's happening to me. Tears will pour down your cheeks. It's happening to me. It's happening. Hmm? All this by good sadhusanga. That is, it rubs off on us. The more we're associated with those who are experiencing more readily, more readily, we also experience. Therefore, we, Mahaprabhu has emphasized this. Keep good association. Right? What else? Yes. So, a couple days ago, we were talking about Patishya. And in the Gita yesterday, I came across the word pratishta, but not used at all in the same way. How is it used? Pratishta. 
you're wondering about the word pratishta. No, I'm just wondering, we were discussing it in terms of being in the Narta, but in the Gita it was talked about as... Right. Well, it has it has uh, the same meaning, but it uh, it, it means pratishta means like position, like uh, like a foundation, like uh, you know if, if you do the what is the when you establish the deity, it's a called a yeah, and it's a called a pratishta. You know what it, pran pratishta pran pratishta to pran to establish the life in the deity, pran pratishta. So to establish, to like, to uh, support, um, uh, it said, tarko apratishtanat in the Vedanta Sutra, that argument gives you no position. Hmm? Er, argument is endlessly, you know, can be defeated by another reasoning, can be defeated by another reasoning, by another reasoning. You get no standing, pratishta. No position, no. So, then if you take that and you use it, I want a position. <laughs> I want to be in a, in a unique position, differentiated from others. Then it starts to see that it has a meaning. Pride. Hmm? This is the idea. So it you know, has a positive sense. You want pratishta, and you want some standing in 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 in, in life that's enduring. Hmm? So it can be used like that. I mean, in, in a number of different ways. But obviously, it can also mean pride when we want a position that's not really ours, a false position to be distinguished from others. Yeah. Now that you're saying that, I'm remembering it used in reference to Paramatma. Mm-hmm. Well, the Paramatma has a pratishta. <laughs> He's got a position. He's everywhere. He's in every, you know, every atom, and uh, bigger than the biggest, smaller than the smallest, and uh, he's the uh, Brahmanohi Pratishtaham. This is a verse you're thinking. Brahmanohi Pratishtaham. Yeah, Krishna's saying the Brahman is subordinate. Brahmanohi Pratishtaham is subordinate to me. I'm the position uh, uh, from which Brahman is Brahman is coming. Hmm? So I'm the ultimate position <laughs> I've got. So when we try to take that position, that's called Pratishta. <laughs> this is the idea. Hmm. So to take it a little further, um, the other day, the first day, you said that the Paramatman is something that we want to take out. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's another thing. Brahmanohi Pratishtaham, uh, that is actually maybe not that might be not might not not have been the verse you were reading. That is in the what fifteenth chapter. No, oh, Brahmanohi Pratishtaham, but that is uh, that is Krishna speaking. Didn't we say Paramatma? It was in reference to that, so it was in that verse because it was discussing kind of the I'm higher than or Paramatma is higher than Brahman. And I see. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh-huh. So there's Krishna, there's Bhagwan, there's Paramatma, there's Brahman. So Krishna is saying that the Brahman is subordinate to me. The Paramatma is also subordinate to me. Hmm. Krishna is the ultimate, uh, he's got the ultimate position, something like that. This is the idea. Hmm. And so Paramatma, that, yeah, the Paramatma is, is the manifestation of, of Bhagwan for the world, the, kind of the soul of the world. 
if you will, the witness. And so we, he's uh, thought for the sake of meditation to be situated in the heart in a four-handed form. Vedanta Sutra Bhaliv explains this is kind of figurative for the sake of conceptualization. Hmm? God's in my heart, so I'll meditate on him in a four-armed form like this. This is the Paramatma. This is the 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 Vishayalam, the object of love for the yogis, for the Shanta Bhaktas and Shantarasa, hmm? the Paramatma. But we're not interested in Shantarasa. We're, not, we're interested in Dasyarasa, Sakyarasa, Batsalyarasa, Madhuryarasa, the, the, the sentiments of, of Vrindavan. So uh, now that we're interested in the world, we're not interested in the world, this Paramatma is an expansion from the, you know, the Bhagwan of Narayan, four-armed, so you could go with him, hang on to him, and go there. But we're not interested even in that. So, in that sense, in a figurative, figurative sense, we want to take the Paramatma out of the heart. We want to put Shamsundar in the heart. He's the object of our love, and we want to go where he is. This is the idea. And in order to do that, you put Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in your heart, because <laughs> he is Krishna and Radha combined. So. Yes, that's right. So, what else? Any other question? No? Yes. So, I'm trying to understand um, your, about the Yuga Avatar. Yeah. You the verse um, of when you name ceremony of Krishna with different colors. So, were you saying that Krishna, when he came then, was the Yuga Avatar? I thought you said he came with his own purpose. He wasn't the Yuga Avatar. Well, you, 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 yeah, yeah. I suppose you could say that that Krishna came for his own purpose. We, yeah, definitely. Did he take the place of the Yuga Avatar? Yeah, but he's coming at the end of the Yuga, so it's a special kind of. You know, you would think that the Yuga Avatar would come at the beginning of the Yuga, and, and he's coming at the end. So it's a it's, an, it's a special Kali Yuga that or Dwarpa Yuga. Some kind of they talk about it, overlapping of the. Treta Dwarpa, something like that. So, so it's said that there in Bhagavatam that in in, in Dwarpa Yogis worshipped by, you know, the mantra. What is it? Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, and um, or what is it? Mm, the Chaturvyuha mantra. Anyway, and, uh, and 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 temple worship and so forth. Um, so. We don't uh, have any record of Krishna making a different appearance in that yuga as the yuga avatar. And also another thing should be pointed out when we talk about the yugas and so forth, sometimes people ask about other other Kali yugas or other Dwarpa yugas and so forth. It's not that useful of a question. Therefore, the Goswamis really haven't addressed it. They they, they basically saying this this is this Kali yuga, you're here now, this is what's happening, this is what how you should pay attention. So the idea then, well, who is the other, who is the black one in other Kali Yugas? And, and some people say Gornarayan also, or maybe Lochan Dastakwar has spoken about that. We can't, we can't go there. Hmm? It's not real useful for us. It's not, it's not spoken enough about it. It's not pertinent to us. What's pertinent to us is we're in a special Kali Yuga that follows a special Dwarpa Yuga when Krishna himself appeared. And because of the nature of that appearance and his, pers- his purpose, there is an encore appearance as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which gives access 
to a kind of love of God that's not accessible, available otherwise. That's extraordinary. Hmm? Well, so that's a great opportunity that we have. Yes. Um, I don't know if this is relevant, so you can put it aside if it's not. Uh, I'd heard Bhaktisiddhanta uh, mentioned something to the effect of uh, living entities who had come in contact with Shishatanya Mahaprabhu who were up to the standard. Uh, but at the end of the yuga, uh, there would be some special dispensation. Have you come across that? I haven't come across that, but uh, I'd have to hate to have to wait that long. But, but yeah, I never read that, um, um, so I can't say. Um, never read that anywhere, and uh, properties to talk about some type of 10,000 years within the Kali Yuga or something like that. Hmm? And Kalki Avatar and so forth. So, no, I haven't read that. So, all right, we'll stop there. Shri Krishna Janmasmi, Mahamotsubaki, Jai, Vod Premanande. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Paramparaki, Jai, Sisi Radha Gobindu. Shri Gauri Vaishnava Guru Paramparaki Jai. 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 Shri Sri Radha Gobindu.